everyone, I'm Britt Waters and welcome to another edition of 202 Creates Masterclass. I'm super excited today, I'm ready to learn and I'm thankful. Thankful to the people that made this possible, uh, DC Mayor Muriel Bowser and Director Angie M. Gates for helping us support and celebrate and promote and educate the district's creatives through 202 Creates. We got a special guest here to drop some knowledge, Chinadu Felix Osuchiku, um, who's born in DC, but raised in both here in Nigeria. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, my pleasure. Oh yes, can I brag about you just a little bit? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. A little bit about him, he graduated from Duke Ellington School of the Arts and received a BFA from DC's Corcoran College of Arts with a master's in fine arts at the Maryland Institute College of Arts in Baltimore. His mediums vary from sculptures to murals. He's been featured in Oprah's O Magazine with features in the personal collections of Bill and Melinda Gates. Like, okay, that's a lot. He has murals commissioned by Kaboom and former first lady, Michelle Obama. And in 2016, he was selected to be a part of the DC Commission of Arts Washingtonian Collection. And in 2017, appointed by Mayor Bowser as commissioner of the DC's Commission of Arts and Humanities. You're also an accomplished teacher of about 20 years, founder and CEO of an arts education program. Plus you're not just big in DC, you're seen in New York City, Netflix, worldwide. You must have no time, but thank you for giving us some of your time. Yes, my pleasure. That was well put together. Thank you, Ms. Waters. Awesome. Now tell us a little bit more about your background and how you developed your career in the art world. Well, um, I, was, I was born in D.C., um, born and raised, and uh, actually I was born in D.C. General Hospital, so um, real D.C., when I was uh, five years old, uh, my parents uh, moved back to Nigeria. And uh, there is uh, when I started developing uh, my artistic creative. Because I, I used to just make like toys out of cans and like build like, like story buildings out of like mud and things like that. But I, I was also into sports and, you know, fashion and things like that. So when um, we actually had to come back to the United States because of uh, I was a hemophiliac and my brother too. So there we have in the United States have better treatments than in Nigeria. So when we came back, I was like around 10 or 11. So I started going to school here. So it was a better opportunity to, to pursue my art and uh, more attention uh, given. So um, as I started to go to the DC public schools, I um, ended up in Duke Ellington um, with my talents. And there I started to like cohere into my art and just just seeing that uh, I can actually do something with this. So um, I had a lot of peers around me. I had a lot of great art teachers um, that was, you know, from the same area that I was from too. So. I looked up to so even still now I still keep in contact with them so so doing that I I uh, got a scholarship to go to the Corcoran uh, College of Arts and um, you know uh, my uh, my mentor Peggy Cooper Capritz uh, the founder of the Gallantin I ended up living with her for a while and while I was living with her actually Debbie Allen also came over to stay as well too and uh, I was speaking to Felicia Rashad about my art so um, oh my so goodness! I uh, actually stayed names. with her through my corporate years, and uh, um, 
when I uh, um, when I graduated from the Corcoran, I started um, a full-time teaching job with the Cesar Chavez Charter School in DC. And the school was just, actually I started with them. Um, I did a lot of remarkable work there. I um, even got a chance to meet Cesar Chavez's granddaughter and uh, I developed um, an art program uh, within their school. I established that. so. It's kind of interesting, like 10 years later, they called me back and I wanted to give me awards for like, you know, establishing an art department. Um, thanks to uh, Arisima Salcido was the principal and the founder at the time. So um, as, I, as I'm as i starting to teach, like I started teaching like when I was 18. So it's like a lot of um, kids that I was teaching in DC, it was almost the same age I was because I started teaching in high school. So, you know, and I, I teach in a couple of different places like Martha's Table, and um, um, I had uh, another mentor named Tim, which was the coordinator there. Tim told me that uh, I have to be older than these students, you know, in my mind, you know, as a teacher. And uh, actually, he he shaped me up to like be like a young a young teacher because uh, you know, just having kids your age sometimes it can be challenging. But um, it was easy for me because uh, I knew a lot of the kids in the neighborhood because I, I grew up from here. So um, through then, I just, all of a sudden, I was teaching for 20 years, and my wife had to remind me that you've been teaching that long. I'm like, it's just like a, it's like a fun thing to do, just go to work and just not thinking about it. So, I mean, there's a lot I could talk about my background, but, you know, that kind of shaped my artistic background as well, too, because uh, I, at the Corcoran, I developed um, doing sculpture with metal and uh, uh, just doing big, massive sculpture. And um, my first sculpture was um, purchased by Peggy Cooper Cakerts. And uh, um, so she encouraged me to do more. So I just found like the creative ability to do it because I will always find different metals around the street areas. And that was my materials and then take it to the studio to kind of put it together as a puzzle. So that, but I started off painting a lot and my style is uh, mostly um, all you uh, paintings, a figurative um, style. Um, I would describe my, my, my style as like abstract impressionist. Um, you actually have to, you know, stand far away to kind of see everything unfold that in a way have this abstraction in it. And my, my painting comes from my breaks from teaching, my, my, um, my chill time and my, my collaboration with people. It comes from just my heart, just to do something to kind of have a balance in life and a focus and a, a relaxation, something that I would like to see. Um, but it's a lot of, um, you know, things I could talk about my art and how it influenced me. Some of the, some of the artwork I did in my classroom and uh, some of the, most of the artwork was influenced by my students. You know, not only that I was a teacher, I had to become a mentor because I just saw a lot of kids that needed my help, girls, boys, you know, especially young black male, um, the same color as I was, you know, and they didn't look at me like an African or anything like that. They just looked at me like a human, you know, that I was from DC and I represented myself like that. And I wanted to be that role model that to say that, you know, if I can do it, you can do it too, you know? So it was a lot of, um, I'm their brother, their uncle, <laughs> their, you know, some, some of them looked at me like a father figure. So I just knew that, uh, you know, infusing that into my art will also raise consciousness of what I was seeing around me. So my subject matter had to do with people.
uh, everyday people, uh, my family, um, you know, back and forth, you know. And also somehow I, I retained to speak my native language, which is Igbo, Nigeria. So I'm fluent in that too. Um, so um, this is me, I've been teaching so long and uh, I kind of put my teaching and my art together because it coexists. And, I, and it's almost like trying to blend them together. So I have community critiques where I help other people with you know, getting into colleges and, uh, you know, and I have started my own program, which I just want to inspire other people to kind of do the same thing too. Because uh, sometimes in DC, the visual arts is not looked at as like a, a tool to, you know, succeed in, you know, that uh, I try to make it show people that you can actually make a living uh, being an artist. And there's a lot of things you can do to help to, to inspire the world. That's interesting. That's a lot. I'm interested when you talked about how you used to pick up material and metals from the actual streets to make your art. It has me curious about your process. Do you see the finished product in your head or do you kind of create as you're inside of doing it? Um, sometimes uh, both. Uh, I see I see it. Uh, you know, sometimes I have all these crazy dreams and things like that and they all fix. So wow. when I'm when I'm going to create in it and if it coming close to looking like that dream, then I just elaborate it a little bit more. So once I see that dream come true, I, I see the finished product come true. So in a way, that's a satisfaction of a feeling that I have. Uh, but the, the process, I enjoy the process more than the outcome. That's powerful. Now I have to ask you, because I've heard of this before, that people sometimes wake up in the middle of the night and write their dreams down because we tend to forget as soon as we wake up. Is that what you do? How does it work for you? Um. I forget too, but when it's time to create it, it all comes to me somehow, you know. The creative part of my life has always infused in a way, like every time I have a house or apartment, I have to have a studio. Or, uh, you know, sometimes I have an easel in the kitchen or I, I will just paint with coffee. Um, but, you know, so, uh, but the process is, uh, is joy because every strokes is almost like a, a peaceful or, a conscious rise, like a hard stroke can be like, you know, like if, if you're like, you have a, a long day teaching and how do you want to channel that when you come back home? The same type of hard process and, you know, or you just want to go with jazz, musical, painting flowers and things like that. So they kind of, um, you know, rejuvenate me to like come back again, you know, um, some people do it through music, um, but music have always been a part of me. Um, I like all types of music, especially go-go. You know, I grew up with go-go. I went to the go-go scenes. You know, I, uh, you know, I always want to capture that essence. You know, and show DC. You know how my idea of go-go look on a canvas or an image, and you know, and just I haven't seen it yet being represented. So I want to be the person to push that there, you know? Yes, I love that you're into go-go music. Now, I want to know what's on your playlist. Like, what's your favorite bands? Well, I like, um, I like Backyard, of course. Uh, but I like Essence, you know? I like old school jazz, uh, you know? I, um, I like the Hucklebucks. I like Energy, you know? I, uh, um, I just love all the go-go. I even like TCB, 
you know, I didn't grow up with TCB, but you know, when I was teaching my high school students, they was <laughs> they had me on it. <laughs> so uh, that's like uh, one of the latest group. But uh, um, Chuck Brown, you know, he always uh, brought unity into that go-go scene, you know, uh, the go-go swing. <laughs> so um, I think that uh, um, anybody that doesn't know about Chuck Brown, they really not from DC. <laughs> But Chuck Brown, I, I love Chuck Brown. And uh, when I paint, uh, that's on my playlist, you know. Where else do you draw inspiration from? I mean, you're surrounded by so many powerful people. You talked about getting inspired by your students. I want to know what spaces you go into as you're like, wow, that makes me want to be motivated to get to work. Yes, uh, a lot of uh, um, the places that I, I taught uh, was uh, various charter schools around the D.C. area, Northeast. Southwest, um, Southeast, uh, Northwest, just every, like, like I, I taught so many schools, you know, like Hart Middle School in Southeast was an example. Uh, I was uh, brought in to teach as an art teacher. And then I started teaching, just started bonding with the students and just made a whole difference in that classroom. They enjoy coming to school. They like going to the other school. They all kept a sketchbook, you know. Uh, for me, that was inspiration. Like, I like Hart, I like, I like challenges like that. Um, like uh, when I was um, attending the corporate college of art, they had an outreach program. It's called Makeup, and um, I was a, a student teacher. So they uh, sent me out into the public to teach and come back and do my work. So I, one of the places that I was assigned to was Georgetown Hospital at the Lombardi Cancer Center, and uh, I I didn't know that I was doing art therapy, but I was actually uh, I was assigned to teach like kids that have leukemia, cancer, AIDS, and uh, they just need something to keep them happy. So building sculptures with them, expressing them, showing them my arts of my own, and just drawing and painting with them when I came in, that that kind of left like uh, a strong like feel in my heart. Not just I'm not just doing art to be doing art. Like I actually made this kid smile. That kid didn't smile all day. So. You know, I did that for a while. And I'm actually kind of still doing it as a volunteer, um, just going in there for the artist in residence type of thing, which I, I go in and paint to the um, the inpatient cl clinic. And, um, and sometimes I will give them a copy of the artwork because it, it had become a conversational piece. And it's just little poster watercolor cards. So, um, and also reaching out to my country in Nigeria, the Hemophilia Foundation of um, um, Nigeria. Um, um, that's where I came from. And uh, when I was in Nigeria, they didn't have a lot of medical, a lot of medical supplies uh, that the kids can like grow, like people like me, and even like art supplies. So I want to give back to that community. So I'm, I'm actually doing classes in Zoom. Um, overseas with teaching young kids how to do art and uh, especially kids with the bleeding disorder and uh, they are actually growing and I get to see their art every week and uh, their parents want them to be a part of it so so these are uh, places that I go like the places that I have shows at uh, graduating from uh, Micah and um, like two years ago with my master's um, I was able to do my, my, my art, my, my thesis there. And I had the, like the window stage and uh, I had a lot of work and the whole thing was like my Nigerian American experience. So I was able to do 
a sculpture of my wife's stomach. She was pregnant at the time. And I feel like I had like two projects going on at the same time. Actually, when she when she was due, that was, that was when my art show was over. <laughs> so I was going to the hospital right after that. So that's actually where I, where I was noticed to make this Netflix movie. <laughs> Um, your life is a movie it's like (laughs) this is amazing but what really touched me is like those heartwarming stories about the philanthropy aspect and changing people's lives especially when they're in a tough spot my question for you is what of all of these things is the most important part of being an artist um being a um a vessel for a lot of voices that's not being heard Wow. I love that. And I love that how your art, whether it's a sculpture, whether it's a piece, or even like the words that you're saying, stick with people and reflect kind of what's going on. How do you put everything that's happening in the world or even with you personally into your art so that it's received that way? Well, I always think that's the way I challenge mental health, you know, and uh, just try to look at the bright side of things every single day. My children, the kids that inspire, the kids that comes back that wants me to be their mentor, and the kids that tell me they graduated, they got accepted to school. All of these things are things that I inspire students. And um, even one kid um, um, that I, I was teaching him Martha's Table, he came back to me. Now he's doing his undergraduate, and he's at, at RISD um, in Boston. So. Um, it's just like working in Southeast, um, I think, was um, rewarding for me because I was able to be a character education chair for like a lot of years and like won major awards, merits for my, my school, Imagine Southeast. Um, and that's when I met Michelle Obama and collaborated with the Kaboom um, project. Um, that, you know, just to, to show the kids like, my experience from going to a school like the Corcoran, just giving them like technical skills that they don't usually have, like just arts and craft is not enough to get into a school like Micah or Corcoran or RISD or School of Visual Arts, any, any of these schools, you have to have a, a strong portfolio um, uh, presence in all the mediums. And uh, when I went to Duke Ellington, I, I, somehow I, I just, I wanted to learn more, you know, especially from the type of background that I have. And, you know, and art it was not really popular in my household, you know, like my parents uh, either. And like a lot of Nigerian culture, either you would either be an engineer, a doctor, a lawyer, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, but I just love art. I'm like, you know, it's always a challenge. How are you going to make it an art? So I think that that kind of um, made me push more to prove that, you know, you can do it in visual arts as well, too, you know, so. And you and did it. Are, you did it thank all. You. <laughs> I want to know, what is a typical day in your life like? You're doing so much all at once, trying to be creative, inspired, trying to be a dad and a husband. What does a day-to-day look like for you? A day-to-day look like is, you know, getting up, praying, and um, taking my my daughter to school, reading to her on the subway and um, coming back and just um, just working on an a ongoing project that I've been working on, whether it's painting or just whether writing 
um, writing, uh, uh, writing about myself, about my artwork, or just uh, just um, doing homeschool with my little one. I have a three-year-old, so I um, I do all of those things, and uh, and in, in some ways, uh, that's how I create um, themes to paint uh, my own paintings uh, because it's a uh, this is a joy of life, you know. If there's like uh, anything that can make you upset, then you try to challenge it into um, make, making you happy by doing your art or playing with your kids, you know. Um, but I'm also involved in my church as well, too, as a Eucharistic minister. And, um, you know, I trained a lot of altar service there around the Shaw Howard neighborhood. So um, those kids look up to me, too. What a life. I keep saying that. But you've been used to this. Like you said, you've been involved with art since you were a child. How has what you create now differed the most from what you created back then? Wow, that's a, a really good question. Um, how did that differ? Well, um, I'm glad that I, I, I got a chance to like save, retain some of my work and did not sell everything. So I'm just looking back at the years and then now I'm able to answer this question, you know, just looking at my old work versus my new work. I think that uh, it evolves. It evolved, and uh, I think that uh, I noticed that I was painting. I even had a show at the B. Smith restaurant in the station, and she was there. That was my first show uh, when I was in high school. So uh, the things I was painting was um, things that people want to purchase, like portraits of people, like, you know, homeless people, or scenes of church, uh, or just like a fruit basket, or like just, I wasn't, um, I wasn't really painting like assignments from school. Uh, I would do that, but I would turn mine into more research. Like I painted Paul Robeson um, in London and I, I got a chance to know more about his life. So that kind of, and that was my first painting I sold at, uh, when I was at the Gelatin in the 11th grade. And it was purchased by uh, Peggy Cooper Capers. So um, to, to now as an older guy, I'm like really researching what I want to paint as I'm going along and letting my lifestyle kind of direct that. And so it can be as free as, as possible. Yeah, I mean, outside of portraits and, and fruit baskets, it's definitely outside of a lot of people's comfort zone. Can you tell me about some of the risks that you have to take and the type of risks that people should be understandably comfortable with at this point if they really want to be an artist? Well, I think uh, life is about you know taking risks and uh, daring. Uh, to do something that you know that you can. Um, you know, people don't always see it on the outside of you, but you know the ability, how much you can push. Um, when I decided to do my metal sculpture, I actually took a risk. And uh, um, that, that, uh, so I'm just so used to doing one thing and painting. I just want to challenge myself to do something else. And I, I just learned that I, I became good in it. And, you know, my work that made the Oprah magazine was actually the sculpture, the metal sculpture. So I have did like uh, five since then. Um, but uh, I'm starting to get into watercolor and watercolor is a very uh, a translucent um, type of medium to use and a very common and just water dripping down. Um, so that's able, that's allowing me to like manipulate like different ideas of what I want to do. It just, it doesn't have to be like a subject matter, but it, it will end up 
as a subject matter, you know, and some of the pieces that I've painted, um, just people like students from DC will look like this. I love that. And the other one was um, Chuck that just recently uh, passed away. I love it. Yeah, so, that watercolor is, is powerful. That helped me kind of like, it's almost like little sketches towards big pieces. Um, mm -hmm. And and I, I read the sketch with a watercolor paintbrush rather than sketch with it because it, it just it just creates different opportunities on on paper um, for me. You're just like oh I just sketch it with the water. You make it sound so easy, but I know <laughs> it's not because I I'm aware of the work that you put in. Can you yeah. share any barriers or challenges um, being a man, being a person of color in this industry that people watching this might need a heads up for? Well, one of the challenges um, uh, in my artwork that I'm starting to go into is just my my identity, uh, my ability to um, talk and describe and put my identity on canvas and um, where I am an evil Washingtonian because uh, I know my direct where I'm from. So I'm not just, um, just painting Black people. I'm just painting Black people and people from my tribe and I, I want people to know the distinctive of both of that. You know, like what I'm wearing um, in my country, I'm a chief that is not being recognized here. So I have to explain that and elaborate that and put that content into my art so I can show that, you know, people from everywhere are all the same. Well, we, I, I talk, you know, the same. I, I can teach here in DC and I can teach here in Nigeria and I can identify that as what those type of people look like on um, artwork. Um, you know, the, the, the wearing, the, 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 the facial uh, expression, the, the, the skin tone, you know, things like that, which I'm able to uh, try to identify. It's almost like, um, like right now I'm preparing to have like a, a West African show to show oh, wow. the two worlds of who I am. And I'm, and I'm actually curating with uh, other artists, like first generation Nigerian American artists like myself. So I, 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 totally, I totally balance Nigeria and America. I, I, I really know that both gave me the tool that I am right now, you know, and I, I, I respect both of them as equal. And uh, I, I recognize that that's a part of me. Uh, actually, the way I look, a dress is a part of my artistic statement. Yeah, and it looks good. <laughs> but I understand the importance of being you, especially in the art space where your creativity is what's going to get you over. People are so quick to jump on trends these days. And some of those are, are here today, gone the next. But you've been able to continually be successful in this space because every piece of art is authentic to you and your creative style and the risks that you take. And I respect that so much. What can you uh, tell the next generation of artists to try to encourage them to do the same? Well, I, I left one thing. Um, um, what I can do is just show them and, uh, you know, through my social media or through my, you know, the places that I am. I actually, when I graduated from MICA, it was 
it was a dream come true. It was a challenge that I wanted to prove to myself and prove to my students. And, you know, and some of them are following along. And uh, that's inspiring because I was the only male to graduate from my class. And not only that, I was the only black male um, in that class. So uh, as, a, as a male, as the only male, as a black male, I had to really be my, myself more, you know, even during my, my senior thesis statement, they thought I was going to speak English, but I spoke Igbo. I spoke Igbo the whole thing. And uh, I still got a round of applause too. So my my whole um, bringing to that school was like, uh, I, I challenged them to understand the, my, aesthetic, my aesthetics and my own artwork rather than uh, um, the, the aesthetic that's common in the, those type of colleges and schools. So, and I didn't fear about my grades or anything. I just, just wanted to be respected. And I think uh, a lot of people understood that. Um, but I'm not taking away from what the school did. They just gave me the platform to expose. And I actually invited a lot of DC people to come to my thesis show from DC to Baltimore. And uh, actually, uh, uh, a principal from DCPS um, was the one of the people that was there. So that was the majority of yeah. the, the people that was there, the people that looked like me. Um, but, yeah, uh, having um, a support system is everything. And I'm so glad that you have that in family and in the industry and just to have the whole city behind you. Yes. If you could go back and tell your younger self something, you know, every time that you talk about influencing the younger generation, you're making it easier for the people that are coming up next to you. But in those times that it wasn't quite easy, what would you tell your younger self? Uh, I will I will tell them to stick to their art and I will tell them to just um, choose something um, to, to focus on, you know, something that's, um, that will uplift their soul. Or I would tell them to be more, um, have a mentors, uh, be more appreciative to your teachers. Um, and uh, even as a teacher, I try to differentiate every student. I, I teach according to who the student is and help them to get to their highest ability, not compared to other people. So uh, it's a lot of um, it's a lot of um, students that I have right now. Since I've been teaching over 25 years, I teach, I went down to teach in elementary school. So I'm teaching the kids of the kids that I taught. And uh, um, they're actually bringing them more to Mr. Suchiku's class because they know me. So it's easy to relate to them because your mom is going to get you because they know Mr. Suchiku, mm -hmm. you know, those type of words is happening. And that makes me feel old. <laughs> but, uh, um, you Don't know, you ever feel old. <laughs> I just have uh, um, a lot of, a lot of uh, students that even like one, um, one um, a mentee, I uh, just recently went to the Apollo to see him perform and uh, he invited me and my family. So, was just like he's performing with a jazz band at the Polo. So just all these students, and I get free stuff, you know, you know, from students and uh, they all want to volunteer. So if I ever like build uh, a big organization that have to do with educational life, they uh, those are my first employees. And uh, even the uh, shoe, I created a shoe with uh, a company called Genentech. You have a shoe? Yes, I have a shoe. It's called the Felix shoe. You're speaking <laughs> my language now, sir. 
I, I love a good shoe. That's beautiful. Did you ever think that you would be doing all of these things? Are you really living your wildest dreams right now? Yeah, I think I'm living my wildest dreams right now. I I am. I, I'm still trying to like pitch myself to embrace it, you know, um, but I am. Um, I still have a lot more, a lot more to do, you know, that I haven't accomplished, but I, I like that uh, people um, like you guys, 202 Creates, uh, are recognizing people like me in the city is trying to make a change, you know. It wasn't yeah. all easy, but I'm, 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 in, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, really blessed to see it. Are there any untapped resources that someone watching now um, can take advantage of today? I mean, besides right. all that 202 Creates has to offer and, you know, yeah. our residency programs and Miss Masterclass, things like that. But I'm wondering if they want to get, you know, that personal look into what you do. Where would they do that? Well, I would say, I would say, you know, since I was a, a commissioner once before and I just see like so many opportunities that's out there for everybody. And uh, even with 202 Creates and I, I just... It, if I can be of any help, I will pass the word around to let them know that these grants and these different special grants, even with the GoGo, they all exist. They they trying to work to better. Even um, even I have developed a portfolio program where I want um, students to take classes from me, and uh, and oh. you know somehow want to get assistance and funding that. And the, those students that take classes from me, that actually go. They go to colleges, their, their, their portfolio get accepted because I get to see it. We have critique sessions, we have group, we have portfolio building and things like that. And I, I usually take the kids from like little into up different classes. Some of them can go to Cooper Union, it's free tuition. And, um, and some of them can just get like a scholarship just based on their portfolio itself. Um, and they can just go, um, you know, with, with me going to the Corcoran, uh, I I just thank God that I was that the scholarships was there for me and I took advantage of it, you know. But it's it's it's, it's grants out here and people need to go out and seek it out, you know. Yes, I mean your whole life is an inspiration, so I'm so glad that you joined us, shared your story, and and just told people to keep pushing and keep moving. You've had such a dynamic career, and like I said, you're living your wildest dreams. The the opportunities are endless for sure. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, and thank you all for watching. Let everyone know where they can follow you and keep up with you, and and see your art. Yes, they can uh, follow me uh, at my uh, Instagram at Chinedu Felix Osuchiku. And they can go to uh, my website as uh, Um That's my website. And, uh, you know, but uh, they can they can also um, come visit my gallery at, uh, in Ward 7. Uh, it's a private gallery and a studio. And they can look at my art and just purchase it and just uh, keep it in a collection because it's a, it's a collectible items. At this point, I don't know what's more motivating than having an Asuchiku piece in your house, looking at it every day, knowing how hard you worked to motivate people to be creative themselves. Yes. Thank yes, you. I need that. I need that in my house. <laughs> Thank yes. you so much. 
I appreciate you. I appreciate everyone watching. I hope you enjoyed this discussion. And most of all, learn something. Please remain connected with 202 Creates. You can leave your feedback and your questions in the comments. You can share this video, tag a friend, and of course, join us for the next 202 Creates Masterclass. Remember that 202 Creates does provide entrepreneurship programming, technical assistance, and our residency program I mentioned earlier. If you need information on all of these things, go to 202creates.com. Thank you, Mr. Osuchiku. Thank you, everyone, for watching. I'm Britt Waters, and I'll see you next time.